Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing how to start your lean Six Sigma journey. So with that, let's get started. So, uh, Sean, this week, uh, I think we, we said in our last session, we were going to talk about, uh, you know, how to start your lean six Sigma journey. I think that's probably uh, very, very high on people's minds. Whenever you start talking about quality, it's where do I start? Because there is so much out there. Uh, there's so much information. There's so many tools. Uh, so there's so many frameworks. Uh, of course we've been kind of hovering around the, the two big ones, uh, Lean and uh, Six Sigma, which I think they go very, very much hand in hand. But, um, um, you know, how to start something like this, I think, is, you know, important, an important topic for us to, to uh, discuss. So uh, how would you start something like this if, uh, in your thoughts? Well, I think if you are coming into an organization that really does not have a whole lot of quality structure and, and the understanding of, of uh Using Lean or Six Sigma or any of the any of the tools, then I mean one of the things that the leader in the in the organization needs to do is listen to the customers, listen to their employers, employees. Yeah, you know, make sure that that they understand where is the issue, right? Because what we want to do is is address whatever the the, the topic of of consternation or, or the problem. At least at least begin it begin it by looking at. Well, what is the problem that we have to solve? I'll, I'll, I'll look at it from the engineering perspective, just like something that we talked about earlier. You, yeah. had, you talked about an issue, and I get right into solving it, coming up with ideas. <laughs> you know, coming up with ideas is the way is the way to get people involved, though. Sure. Um, you know, being able to facilitate you know a brainstorming session where where you can pull in people's ideas. The, the hardest part there is to um, moderate it so that so that you know you stay on topic and on track. Yeah. Right? So that's that's a you know that's the, that's a general idea. There's a little bit more structure and focus that needs to be pulled in on how to start a real lean journey. Yeah, but I think your point is is well taken in that you've you've got to evaluate the environment. Mm-hmm. Don't try to just uh, uh, slap lean in place or slap six sigma in place without understanding the culture and the environment and things that need to change. Um, you know, if you're working for a hospital, you know, where would you start? If you're working in a manufacturing environment, uh, you've got to look to see where you would start because those are two very different environments. And you obviously, um, you know, one method or one set of tools or, you know, one set of fixes, of course, may not work in one area. Right. And I, I like the, the idea that you brought up there that it's not in any one specific industry. Yeah. And, and the thing that I wouldn't go towards when we talk about listening to either your customers or your employees is a, is a survey. I mean, surveys, okay. There's probably a time and a place for them, but, but to be a, a out of your chair, walk around, Leader, I've, I've never had any success with no, surveys. Well, okay. you know, yeah, just, to be honest, yeah, I really haven't. It's too bad, survey. I, I don't monkey. know why. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why. It's just uh, surveys. Just you know, 
people people think there's an ulterior motive to the survey and they're not going to give you an honest answer for the most part right really it's best to what lean says is go to gimba i mean go 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 look and see go watch the process uh you know one of the things that i thought was really strange when i first started learning about lean was um you know how some of the uh, toyota production system would take a person and you know literally draw a chalk circle on the floor and make somebody stand there and watch the process and they could not move out of that circle (laughs) unless when they walked up and said okay what did you see that you could change if he said i'm not seeing anything everything looks fine you got to stay in the circle (laughs) because there are things there are things you've just got to look you've got to pay attention and and that's what we mean by you know evaluating the environment talk to people you know, talk to the people that are actually doing the work. What are their pains? Yes. You know, uh, talk to your customers. You'll get an earful from your customers. Right. And you should be talking to your customer regardless whether you had a good project or, you know, a project that had difficulties. If you had a project sure. that had difficulties, well, you're, you're going to understand what their pain is. Yeah. But do you really understand, you know, what caused that pain? You know, if, if, you know, with anything, if somebody gets up on the wrong side of the bed, they could, they could have a gripe. They could. Okay. So, so you have to really understand what is what can change that person's attitude towards you know the gripe that they yeah. have. Yeah. That uh, I think in that that goes no matter whether you're in a manufacturing environment or a service oriented environment such mm-hmm. as a, a hospital. I think that you've got to listen to your customer. In the hospital case, it's your patients. Mm-hmm. You know, listen to you know whenever they they come out. You know, what was their problems? Mm-hmm. They'll give. They'll definitely give you an earful. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, and, of course, it will have some bias to it because nobody likes to be in the hospital. Well, that's true. And, but, so you but have to that's take that into consideration. Exactly. You do. You have to be able to filter filter some of that. Um, you know, starting the process in the, in the right direction, listening to your employees, listening to your customers, I think is a great place to start no matter whether you're doing TQM or Lean or Six Sigma right. or any of those items. Because what are you looking for? You're looking for adding value. Right. You're looking – regardless of what you call – the process. You want to add value for your customer. We've talked about this in mm-hmm. prior episodes where the customer is paying you for a certain product. The way competition is, most of your competition is generating that product for very close to the same price. Now, the way you're going to do well is if your cost is less. So, you know, getting rid of getting rid of waste and, and adding value by eliminating waste. Um, would hopefully drive your margins a little higher and, and help you survive a little bit longer in that business, you know, without any kind of major change in technology update. So then where do you start? I mean, do you start at the front end of the business? Well, do you start in the back end of the business? See, Les is teeing this one up like a tennis ball <laughs> on a you serve. Know, you know, and actually, actually, uh, from what we discussed earlier, I think a little bit it does depend on the environment. Um, I have a tendency to start on the back end, but – but keeping in mind that I'm, I've been mostly in a manufacturing environment. So my thought process is let's get those quick wins. Those quick wins are going to be easier on the back end of the business. Uh, if we can create an efficient back end of the business, you can now put a lot of effort into making sure you have a cleaner front end without the front end saying fix your back end. Well, you know, yeah, and, and this like like less. <laughs> go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let well, you. and and, and I, I think that there's definitely – Positives and negatives to both scenarios, um, uh, but your thoughts. Okay, so. well, my thoughts as you can tell by my stammering. There. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Quick wins, yeah, um, are very important. One of the things that I always believe 
is that if you start off a process correctly, mm-hmm. you know, it it will only pick up errors along the way. Okay. If you started off correctly, if you, if you start off correctly, and then there's 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 inherent errors or whatever the process, it'll only pick up the it'll only pick up errors. If okay. you start off if you start off a process with errors in it, yeah, and it still picks up some errors along the way, then your mm-hmm. snowball your snowball gets really big right from the beginning. Sure, it's a right. snowball rolling down a hill, and, sure, and then sure by the time is. it gets into manufacturing, it's a mess. Well, and and it's more costly. I. I too bad there's no little video here or anything. I could draw a little graph, but I, I, I always I always put up on a whiteboard a a basically inclined line mm-hmm. with with cost and effort being on the y-axis, yeah, and time being on the x-axis. X-axis. Okay, so the closer you the closer you are to the origin, you know, right? Early in time, yep. Your line is very low. It's 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 low on the on the effort. So it takes very little effort to do it right the first time. As you move down that timeline, that in that that incline, that positive sloping line, gets more expensive and more costly the farther you are down the the, the process to correct an error. I agree. Right. I think that uh, I think my other concern though is is that most people have difficulty dealing with change in the front end of the business because it's usually informational based as opposed to the back end of the business which is usually has some tangible aspect to it where people can put their hands on it okay so i think that and maybe maybe the right answer here is is a balance between the two start a project off in the back and in the front uh, making sure that you scope them correctly so that you're not overlapping in any way but <laughs> you want the bridge to meet in the middle <laughs> yeah maybe yeah you know maybe um, well Here's a question then, okay. or a topic that we can all discuss. Um, you have a brainstorming session, so you want to find out what your problem is. Sure. If your problem is something that can be fixed in the in the, the back end of the business, whether okay. it's in procurement or in some kind of fabrication process, but but you talk about how it gets generated, how that issue gets generated, right? And the the front end of the business, the sales and the engineering side, hear from their customer, mm-hmm. which is which is you know the the operation side of the business that you know hey you know something something that you provide to us is not clear, and we try to get answers we can't, and we have to spend time trying to figure it out ourselves. Or so I mean I don't, I'm trying to think of some example that would that would um, give us a a topic to address. To me, when you find out what that topic is to address, you go to the origin of it. Sure. And then and then brainstorm and build a process to correct as best as you possibly can, at least and get a get a win, whatever whatever it is. There could be layers. There could be layers of improvement. Okay? And you might you might know, oh, I can fix that right away. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Based on the culture, based on the the uh, input from the team. And not only the input, but the willingness to provide input from the team. You might have to be a smart leader and say, you know what? The first thing we're going to do is X, which is like the easiest possible thing that could happen. Show a quick win there. The tail end of the business says, well, that helps. Yeah. You know, I could, I want more, or it would be helpful to have more. And then you just, you, you can, you can build on that success in that change. So one of my concerns, and it's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but usually the, the, the directive with Six Sigma is try to go after processes where you have uh, investment dollar value returns and you show how those dollar value returns are going to pay dividends because 
their theory is is if you're going to put all these resources into it, you better get some you know serious dollar back out of it. I think the other thing that you've got to you've got to pay attention to is making sure that you scope your change appropriately. One of the things that I've seen happen over and over again is that uh, through a Six Sigma uh, activity where you're going after some different root causes, you wind up defining a process that's very large in scope. Mm-hmm. So you're succe- like fix your um, engineering design process. Yeah, right. Oh, really? What does that mean? Now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> Here, let me snap my finger. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, that's got so many tentacles to it and so many things you could go down. So scoping, scoping well and scoping within boundaries and scoping something that is achievable because I, th- I truly think, especially when you're starting out, and that's what we're talking about here, when you start out, if you start on a project that is really large, your chances of success <laughs> there's a statistical analysis there that should be looked up. Yeah. Your chances of success are very small it's, it's because probably an inverse relation. Yeah, I'm that. sure there is because your your people don't totally understand the process. Your people haven't seen how it functions. They haven't seen what a win looks like, what yeah. a framework looks well, my, like. My first thought is if mm-hmm. if you are starting, then then the leader might be out of touch. To, Could be to you know head up a project that's that's scoped way too big well and 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 think and you know that 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 person that's that's heading it up might not understand all of the nuances of the of the process and and, i mean they don't have to understand all the nuances but they have to listen to the people that they trust well i do think it's good for leadership to to have some training in some of these frameworks i think that's huge Mm -hmm. because here's what happens with the pendulum based on your comment you just said that the leadership may not know what to do well, what do they do? They go find a consultant. Oh God! And I, you know, <laughs> I, bless their hearts. Yeah. Most of them, though, will walk into your environment, tell you what you need to do, and walk away. Right. And that just does not help the change. Well, and that's very similar to a leader in the organization that picks up too big of a project mm-hmm. and then just says, "Well, this is the way it should be done. This is the way it should be done. This is the way it should be done," without really understanding what the impact of all of those directives are, you know, you become all of a sudden a dictator instead of, instead of a a collaborative environment where people are trying to help the process in order to help themselves and help the company in the long run. One other, one other point, I know you probably have plenty to say on this, but um, (laughs) one of the things that I wanted to bring up here is that um, back to the cost comment that you made, Mm -hmm. you know, where I went to school, it was really it was really nice that that cost was a fallout effect. Saving cost was a fallout effect of these processes. That that's not your reason for going and doing any of these processes. So, like for us, it was lean six sigma. So, lean took out waste. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it could be wasted time. It could be you know wasted paper. It could be wasted product. You know whatever. Okay, so there there will be a cost. Sure. Okay, but you can't. And right in the beginning, you shouldn't figure out, you know, how much are we going to save? Because what are we going to do to save it? Yeah, but a lot of practitioners try to drive you towards that. That's why why you really really have to be smart about this and say, listen, there are are leading indicators Mm -hmm. and lagging Lagging indicators. indicators, Cost savings is a lagging indicator. Yes, Okay, so you know what? Forget about it and put a number on it, calculate it after you've got things going and you can understand what that cause and effect relationship is. Well, and to realize that if you're doing it right, you are going to get value out of it. Right. 
Yeah. And and I know a lot of people. There's there's guys sitting in corner offices says, well, how much? I've got to know now. How am I going to know? Yeah. How am I going to know mm-hmm. if yeah. I'm going to invest this? Well, what are you investing at the beginning? Let's invest small amounts, get those wins. Okay, so so like like I said, Lean was getting rid of waste. Six Sigma is getting rid of variability, variation, okay? yeah, variation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So so the thing is, sure, if I get rid of if I get rid of the one that that ends up broken every thousand that we make, yeah. you know, that'll be some dollar, mm-hmm. but all of the the support and the effort to go into reducing that one per thousand into you know one per million, yeah, you know, will will yield will yield less variation and a better quality in all of your products. Well, but I think their theory is is that so when you figure out what the dollar value is with that project of. Uh, going after the one per thousand is that the right project to go after as opposed to this project way over here in this process that tackles this error? What kind of money savings is that? Well, because obviously you can't do all of them because their theory is is that you've got resource constraints and bandwidth constraints, which is very true. Um, right. So going after the right uh, improvement project, I think, is is really their theory as far as the dollar value. Well, yes, and know? I and I understand that you know when. Getting the the MBA in finance, of course, you always look at you always look at okay, what's got the best net positive, right? uh, I I think right, yeah. But but the thing is, this what we're talking about here is a cultural shift. Yes, this is a cultural shift. It's not a it's not a a dollars are important, but the culture is the bigger piece. Because you know what, this is not a project. Because the definition of a project is a specific beginning and end. Mm -hmm. This is not a project. It's not a project when you're going through your your lean journey right mm-hmm. it's it's continual improvement continuous improvement that's okay, right right so so it's not a project by the strict definition of a project that's okay. right because it doesn't have an end date it doesn't have an end date yeah that's which right. which quality the, the saying in any of these quality arenas is is that this is not a destination it's a journey right you know and you're just going to keep doing it if you're truly trying to change the culture you're going to keep doing it in fact it's kind of like the little projects that I've done on this house. I've done so many projects on this house, it's almost time for me to circle back around and make some tweaks to it and, and fix a few things. Like Same thing, you know. Golden Gate Bridge. You know, I guarantee you that, yeah, I guarantee you that uh, uh, some of the projects that we're doing at work, we'll have to circle back around and do some tweaks to them and mm-hmm. figure out maybe even a better improvement, something that goes even a little deeper, even a little further. Right. So, for example, like the things that you're doing now and you're mm-hmm. – New role. Mm-hmm. I mean, are there are there huge dollar amounts that are being invested? No, that, that need to that need to show a positive return, or is there is there a positive return that that can be can be seen in the future based on the shift in the environment? Yeah, and and since it is a lot of it is cultural, that's the hard part about measuring it is because some of the aspects of of the change is not directly. Um, uh, affecting cycle time or or waste removal or anything like that directly. Now, secondarily, it might be, or you know, six degrees of separation, mm-hmm. it might be somewhere down through there. But it's the fact that uh, light bulbs are going off, mm-hmm. and and to me, if I can get a lot of light bulbs going off in the in out there in the facility, whether it be upstream or downstream. I know in the long run that's going to pay huge dividends because mm-hmm. now people are getting to the point where they're excited about doing it and even taking it further, and it's not me pushing, 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 pushing all the time. Right. And that's where it almost like it steps up to a new level, you know, and it, and it starts running on its own. So that's really your, your goal, and you, it's hard to put a dollar value on that. 
Um, but you'll see the dollar value somehow. And and being a leader in the organization and convincing, you know, upper management that is removed and should be removed uh-huh. from that those operations, right? Those guys that are in the corner office should be figuring out, you know, where to spend where to spend capital and what to do with the uh, with the organization. Right. So convincing convincing them on this cultural change that will generate dollars later in savings, either dollars in savings or time to put more product through the organization without killing your employees. Right. I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the ultimate results that you'd like to see is that people aren't afraid of losing their job because they're doing things more efficient and the company does better because if things are more efficient, less waste, then there is cost savings. Yeah. And I think uh, a couple more points to add to that is, you know, what you're doing is you're, you're creating excitement around change and that's contagious. Um, if you can, if you can get that, uh, happening within the environment, that'll make a huge difference. Uh, but at the same time, also ensuring that as you are going through these changes that, you know, bad ideas are not bad ideas. Failure is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, now let me put a caveat to that one in that failure is okay when you learn from it. Uh, if you, failing that the same thing over and over again come on now <laughs> yeah well yeah so you do have to have you, you have to have an adult in the room to make sure that uh, what's the football saying they say come on man yeah, right. <laughs> you know and then make sure you make sure you celebrate your successes i think that's uh very important i think it's you know something that uh um you know, we get wrapped up into these projects. We're ready to move on to the next thing, and and these guys are going. God, can can't you guys be happy yeah, for a second? What we did. You know, you know, don't don't just keep churning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of sit back for a second and look and go. Hey, that was pretty good. That yeah, worked out I mean, very well. And something what was simple, good, and what did we learn from it? Right. Something as simple as as straightening up a an, an area of inventory or parts yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. You know, you make sure you have a picture of it beforehand where it was oh, a shambles. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And then you you see. You see how clean it is or how organized it is, and then you ask, you know, the guy that's got to pull something from it, hey, how, how easy is it to get what you need now? Oh, it's a piece well, of cake. It's just, it helps my life. That may be our next uh, session is talking about A3 reports. Yeah. I love oh, A3 yeah. reports. I know you're an A3 because report I'm a very visual person, mm-hmm. so A3 reports are, uh, I love A3s. Um, they're, well, they're a lot of fun to do. All right, and so I'll, I'll capitalize on that. You're a very visual person, and that drives right to me in being clear mm-hmm. it should be whether whether it's a report whether it's the schedule for the job that's going through the yeah. area it's got to be visual and it's got to be clear right and so if it's if it's as clear as it can be you have gotten rid of waste right there right sure right? so so to me it's it, it all dovetails in you want things to be clear so make them make them visual make that make that visual marker Easy to update. Yep. Okay. So Agreed. there really is there really is a, a process. Whether you you have gone to school and you think you know some you know great process been taught by somebody, <laughs> or you're just sitting there trying to figure out how to make life better at work. Yep. You're 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 doing a process improvement project. You are. You yeah. are. Although so, a project. <laughs> so let's get into our picks. Um, you want to go ahead and start? Sure. My pick today is a book called The Advantage. Um, it's by an author named Patrick Lencioni. He's pretty popular in the uh, leadership and um, management circles. Um, this book, it's it's about building team leadership um, as, as a behavior and what kind of behaviors are exhibited when you've got 
leadership in and for a team. Um, and then back to my favorite topic is clarity. Yeah. Um, he stresses being clear as a discipline. So, so making sure that, that when you need something done or you're producing something that it's clear as to what you need to do or what you've done so that there's no waste of time or there's no misunderstanding or, you know, it's, it's, it's a better way to operate if, if there is no question. And I think the thing is people like to have question in, in some of the things that they do only as a crutch to either get more time or to not produce or be accountable for what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So is this a long read? Short no, read, it's not. Or? Yeah, it's, it's not bad. And I have it on, I have it on my uh, iPad oh, electronic. electronic version. Okay. And with the electronic version, you get some little snippets of videos. You oh, get nice. videos like every chapter or two, you get a video okay. um, talking about what's going on. So my pick this week is a software as a service called LeanKit. I ran across this software uh, maybe about a year ago or so. Uh, I have not had a chance to implement it, but I am reevaluating it now with my new role, um, especially since uh, the tool is based on Kanban theories uh, with tags, you know, moving tags from one lane to another, uh, the whole Agile Scrum, which is really popular in the software arena of how you do software development, but it can work no matter what mm-hmm. you're doing as far as a project a project goes. But it's a very visual way of, of managing the flow of information, defining your process steps, and using cards electronically to move them across the the, the swim lanes and actually manage your manage your work that way, especially if you want to stay within a digital environment uh, on some things. It's it's a it's a way to go. We're evaluating it right now. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know at a later podcast. Well, yeah, I'd like to because back to the visual and yeah. being clear. I mean, mm-hmm. if it is digital, yeah. I mean, it's going. You can put it up on a big flat screen, big and everybody sees where it's touch screen TV, exactly. where you can actually drag stuff around oh, with your finger. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this was a good topic, and uh, we will uh, be back with you all next week. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man vs. Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit Sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And also you can drop us a line on the message page from there. Again, thank you and enjoy your week.